entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the 10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit for small businesses, and, and I will be your host for today. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about our line of credit programs, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in credit, as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Uh, just so everybody knows, over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, and including two companies on the Inc. 500 Fastest Growing. I love learning from people with business experience. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Amber Hines from Equalize Digital. Amber uh, is the CEO of Equalize Digital, a certified B Corp specializing WordPress accessibility makers of the accessibility checker plugin and the lead organizer of the WordPress accessibility meetup and WordPress uh, accessibility day conference. Since 2010, she has led teams building websites and web applications for nonprofits, K through 12 and higher education, uh, government agencies and businesses of all sizes. Through her work at Equalize Digital, Amber is striving to create a world where all people have equal access to information and tools on the internet, regardless of ability. Amber, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too, especially because I get to learn something new. And I, that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast. That's where it started off. I said, oh, I love this stuff. I might as well talk, talk to people about it and learn. Uh, so you know, today's topic is uh, what is website accessibility and, and why is it important? So to start off, you know, let's get out of the gate by just saying what is website accessibility? Sure. So Website accessibility is basically the practice of doing certain things on the website, whether it's in the code of the website or just how the content is added to the website that makes it work for people with disabilities or users of assistive technology. So this could be things like uh, blind people use a screen reader, so it reads out everything on the website because they can't see. Um, to having captions on videos or transcripts for podcasts for deaf people so that they can engage with that content as well, um, or having different sort of functionality so that people that have limited mobility maybe can't use a mouse and they use a keyboard only, or they even use eye tracking to interact with the web. So it's making sure that the website works for everyone, regardless of where they are. Yeah, I have a little bit of experience with it, <laughs> very, very little. But uh, you know, I was working with a, an SEO consultant who um, who was showing us in WordPress when we go to post um, an article um, that there's a section there about description. I forget the, the exact category um, the that it's in. Text? Or? No, it wasn't all text. It was a description um, inside of the WordPress pr- posting. And um, it said it was. She said that um, the reason why you want to fill that, like for example, you would say uh, it was about a picture, and it was the picture. Like you'd say is a person on a piano playing a piano while looking at a laptop. Blah 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 blah. blah. And the reason why she told me to do that, she said that Google uh, likes uh, you putting that in there for people who are handicapped. Uh, uh, 
you know, wherever the proper term is, honestly. Um, and so I, I've done it, ever, you know, done it ever since, just make sure I put it in there. Um, so that was, that's like my limited experience. Um, but you know, what do you, what would you say is the greatest, it's going to come off uh, poorly, but I'll, I'll ask it the way I was going to ask it. What is the greatest uh, uh, reason why you should do it? Well, it kind of depends on how you approach it and what you think is the most important. So for some people and some businesses, the biggest reason why they do it is because they are they have a legal obligation. Oh. Um, so here in the United States, for example, we have the Americans with Disabilities Act. And under Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act, all businesses are required to ensure that um, they are accommodating people with disabilities. And that includes on their websites. Um, so there have been a lot of lawsuits against businesses for not having accessible uh, websites, uh, more in certain areas of the country than others, but um, it is across the entire country. So for some businesses, they make their websites accessible because they are motivated by the fear of a lawsuit. Um, but there's a lot of other business reasons to do it. Uh, so people with disabilities can be your customers. A lot of people don't realize that actually, um, according to the CDC, uh, one in four Americans has a disability. And it's a broad range of things because even something like ADHD, which is very common and maybe people don't even think of ADHD as a disability per se, people with ADHD say certain things on websites can make it hard for them to be on that website and they'll leave. And if you're trying to increase your reach and get everyone in your audience and get everyone to purchase your product or submit your inquiry form for your services, then you want to have a website that reaches out to them, allows them to find the website in the first place. So accessibility can be good for SEO. And then, um, and then allows them to actually complete the conversion action that you want on that website. So it's sort of a question of, you know, like what businesses are motivated by what, but that's another big reason. And then, you know, for some people, it's part of their corporate responsibility. Some, some companies have, you know, initiatives regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so this is a big part of that as well. Yeah. And you know, it's don't, uh, I would tell my audience, don't uh, poo poo the idea that uh, someone's not going to sue you. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I have a friend who has a very large shopping center that um, with lots and lots of, it's a strip mall. So with lots of uh, businesses and he got sued recently by um, um, people, uh, by lawyers who represent disability uh, people um, and under the American with disabilities act. Um, and it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, um, it, the, you know, these are, I, I hate to say it, but these lawyers are sharks and, and it really wasn't a real, um, there really wasn't a lot of disability issues, uh, getting into the strip mall. And, but the things that they mention, uh, uh, cost it was costing close to five hundred thousand dollars to fix and um they uh they i i you know i don't know the outcome of this right now um it, it but it it doesn't appear it doesn't appear like it's like it's they're being they're doing this because they really care about the people with the disabilities they really kind of want money out of this um so i don't know how it kind of works but um 
What were you going to say, Amber? Yeah, so I was going to say there is definitely a trend specifically with regards to website accessibility. I mean, I think, first of all, what if business owners don't understand this is important to know is the way the Americans with Disabilities Act is set up is you don't get a fine from the federal government. The only way it can be enforced is by people doing lawsuits like that's literally the way the law was written. So it's almost like they're like the federal government is like people with disabilities go sue people. Right. Yeah. Um, And And what we've seen in the web space is there's kind of like two different kinds of lawsuits. So there are the lawsuits where there's a legitimate person who they've even contacted the business and said, I want to do X, Y, Z. I can't do this on your website. Can you fix it? And the business has like ignored them and basically said no. And they've gone through some sort of process. And then they're like, my only recourse is to sue you because I should be able to do what everyone else can do. Um, And then there is definitely this group where if you look at the lawsuits, so there were over 4,000 lawsuits last year in the United States, and a significant percentage of them, especially in the state of California, came out of like three law firms. And I've even seen instances where the law firms are posting jobs looking for blind people to test websites. And then they say, you'll get paid to do that. And then if you find one that has problems and you want to come on as a plaintiff, you can. (laughs) Right. So they're like trolling, looking for this, which I think for business owners is stressful and scary. Right. And it's like, what do I do? But at at the same time, that's a little bit the way the law is set up. And that's how we've gotten to the point where just in March, the Department of Justice came out with a statement that says, yes, the ADA does apply to websites because for a long time, businesses were saying it doesn't. And the only reason why I think they put out the statement is because there is this increase in lawsuits and businesses kept trying to say in the courts, it doesn't apply to websites. And so that's kind of like has motivated some progress. So that's where it's hard to say they're not all bad lawsuits. There are definitely some where it's like that person never intended to patronize that business. So it doesn't seem legit. Right. And so and I have seen where they get dismissed. But either way, even if you know that you're right and the lawsuit will get dismissed, it's going to cost your business money (laughs) to to have to respond to the lawsuit and hire an attorney and and all that. And in a lot of cases, their businesses are just settling because it's cheaper for them to settle than to like try and fight it in the courts. Um, I mean – There's the big Domino's case, which people may have heard of because it went to the Supreme Court where a blind gentleman couldn't order his pizza online. Um, And that the Supreme Court basically said, we're sending it back to the lower courts, but no Domino's, this isn't dismissible. Uh, But that's been going on for years. So how much, of course, they're a massive business, but how much money are they spending this whole time? Like if they probably could have just fixed their website for the amount of money that they've spent in lawyer fees at this point in time, right? So it's kind of one of those things where it's better to be proactive up front if you can. Yeah, I think going, now I kind of remember back to, it was my, it was actually my business partner's uncle who was being sued. And, and so what they do is they say, not only do you have to fix these things, but you have to give us repre, uh, repre, what's the right word? Rep, uh, you have to go, yeah. Yes. So there's go, damages. Yes. Yeah, so there's damages. So it, it isn't just, uh, you know, you need to fix these things. There's, you know, that's why the lawyers are involved. That's how they make, make their money. So, uh, so let's kind of get into the, the, let's, let's, we jumped right into the bad part, which is the suing and the, now let's talk about how to be a good person, right? Right. Let's get away from the business side that we're all connected. 
we all are part of the human race. <coughs> we all know people who are, who are handicapped. Let's, let's try to do a good job. What mm -hmm. would make a good website that's accessible? So it's a little bit complex. There are a lot of things. I like to say, like, I don't really think it's hard per se, even if you're not a developer. Um, it just requires a lot of attention to detail. So if you, you know, have a marketing team or a content person, then there's things like you talked about adding the, it is, it's called alternative text on images oh. um, or having headings. And um, in WordPress, for example, if you're familiar with WordPress, but other things, you can choose the number that your heading is. So it's a heading one, a heading two, heading three. And this is also important for SEO, which is you have to use them in the right order. So you don't want to just choose a heading four because it's smaller than a heading two. So if your title is a heading one, you want to use heading two. And that's helpful because it really allows um, people who can't see to understand the format of the content. And then they can use those headings to jump down to different sections of content. But if you skip a heading level, that can make it hard. Um, so that's an easy thing that anyone who's not a developer can do when they're adding content. Um, there are certain things that sometimes might require a developer, but there are some tools out there that can help you fix it or your developer might be able to do it. So things like having a visible focus state on your website. So if you go to a website and you hit the tab key for people who aren't using a mouse, they can actually see a little outline box around the elements and watch it move and know where they're on, where they are on the website, which is really important for being able to submit a form or navigate to a different page. It's really hard to do that if your navigation menus don't work without a mouse. Um, so those are kind of some highlights. I think there's a lot. We mentioned captions is really important. Um, I think the way I like to think about it from a, a, a business perspective or just like, how do I get started if this is something I've never done before? Uh, there's some different tools out there that can allow you to scan and find some of the more obvious problems. And then just sort of making a plan over time or saying from you know, our content from this point forward, we're going to make sure that doesn't have any errors in this specific tool. Um, and then what can we fix going back and maybe looking at pages that have the most traffic or your most important, like your cart, your checkout process. Can someone complete that? Like, that's a really important thing that you want to look at first too. What, um, do you think that Google, uh, I, I mentioned with the alt text that, Google, you know, likes that uh, from an SEO perspective. Um, do you think these other things that you're talking about is something that Google, well, I would imagine that Google really cares about. Like if you're in the cart and you can't tab over and you abandon the cart, you know, Google, you're not spending as much time on the website. So Google doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I, what, so, what would you have? Go ahead. So Google is what we say, the most frequent and the largest blind user of your website. Mm -hmm. What Google does is it gets your pages in HTML format and it reads them and then it decides how to rank you in search. So a big part of uh, accessibility and of SEO is having proper HTML semantics. So like if something is a button, it should be coded as a button. <laughs> And, um, and that kind of thing. And, and links too, being able to follow links. So people put, oh, this is a common one is you want to, I see a lot where people will link just the word learn more or, you know, to contact us, click here, right? Or to read this really important article, click here. And they, they do the click here, the word here. And 
Google is the same way. If you want Google to understand, like if you're into backlink building and SEO and you want Google to understand what links are about and follow them and then use that to rank you, you need to give it meaningful text. And that's the same thing for a blind person. Like if they just hear all the links on the page with no surrounding content, they don't know what click here means or where it goes and why they should follow it. Mm. Um, and it's the same for Google. And then as you mentioned, Google looks at things like bounce rate. Um, for all of us using Google Analytics, they have a trove of, you know, like they even know what our conversion rate is, right? Um, and so it can 100% impact your search engine optimization and your ranking on Google. So what plugin can you use? I think you make one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, what's the plugin that that you can use to help you improve the accessibility of your website? Yeah, so our plugin is called Accessibility Checker, Equalized Digital Accessibility Checker. There's a free version on WordPress.org, and then we have a paid version that does more like full site things. But if you have a basic website with just posts and pages, um, then you could probably use the free version forever. Uh, and what it does is it's very similar to some of those SEO plugins where you might have seen where as you're editing your page down below, you can get like a little score. Ours does the same thing. So it would scan, it would find a lot of common issues, and then it will sort of say, these are the errors. These are warnings, like things we're not sure about that you need to look at yourself. Because some things about accessibility do require a human to decide. Um, or there's just some things that an automated test can't catch. So, so that's really like, that's a tool that is really helpful. Another one that a lot of people are familiar with is called Wave. And that is a browser. They have a browser extension and they also have a website you can go and you can use that on any website then, which is sort of interesting. And, and that is something we see sometimes that uh, law firms, <laughs> they'll say in their lawsuit, it has wave errors. Um, so anyone can use it to test for accessibility problems. But our tool, if you have the paid version, it will actually do a full site scan. So you can see here's all the problems on my entire site. And then it will group them by unique issues. So one of the things that's really common is you might have a problem in your header. Well, that header's on every page. You only have to fix it one time. And it could fix all 500 pages on your website for that specific issue. So that's something that is helpful to know rather than maybe having to go page by page with a tool like Wave. So I want everybody to know, and, and for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I'm, gonna, I'm holding up a post-it pad. <laughs> For my a note for myself, uh, add accessibility plugin, accessibility checker. So, like, I'm gonna do it, you know, on my own website because I think to me it makes complete sense. Why not? You know, awesome. I, I, I don't care about the lawsuits. I don't think they're gonna come after me. Um, God, you know, if you're listening and you're a lawyer, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's uh, I'm gonna do it for SEO purposes and also to you know listen just try to be a good human being. And, you know, if, if it's easy and it really doesn't cost, you know, it's such plugins or nothing. Um, why not? Right. Why, why mm -hmm. not just kind of do it now? Why did you like, I know you want, you kind of run a web design company, but what made you get into this type of area of really caring? Yeah. I, so, I mean, I was first introduced to it in 2016 uh, we got a contract with Colorado State University and all federally funded websites have to be accessible under Section 508. Um, so I sort of was introduced to it then and we had to learn as we went. It was a little bit of a trial by fire situation. Um, but 
learning about it. And then as I sort of engaged with the community to make sure I was learning and doing my work right for the for first them, and then we had some other government clients come along. Um, I really had the ability to engage with people in the disability community. We hire testers who are blind to come in and test our work at different times, or if we're doing accessibility audits and remediation for existing websites. Um, and having the ability to speak with them and watch them firsthand navigate the web and hearing about some of the challenges they have, that for me is is very motivating. Um, you mentioned early on we're a certified B Corporation. I've always just personally felt like I want to do good in the world and I want to know um, that we are, yes, I'm a business owner, like I'm trying to make money for myself, but I, you know, I like knowing that are, we're per creating a good environment for our employees. We are creating products that can be used by everyone. And so that for me, is just very motivating. And then I think, you know, in seeing firsthand the challenges people face, I, I was just like, I can't ignore this now that I know. <laughs> yeah. What, what is, I didn't, I don't know what a certified B uh, uh, company is. What is it? Yeah. So uh, a certified B corporation um, is a for-profit company that so you could be a variety of different registered entities a few states have a b corporation certification um we're actually like a standard delaware corporation uh but llcs can do it all of those things and so but what you have done in order to do that is there's a, a assessment called the b impact assessment which is a free thing you can take and you fill out all these different questions and it scores you and it's basically looking at having a triple bottom line so you are their focus is on community uh, environment and employees in addition to your benefiting your shareholders gotcha. um, and so you go through the assessment and anyone take it is online. And if you get a certain score, then you are able to say, hey, yes, I want to go move forward with being certified. And then you go through a whole review process where they review everything you answered and they ask you to submit supporting documents and things to prove it. Um, so like we had to modify our um, bylaws or organizational documents to say that we are, you know, we're not only benefiting shareholders, right? Um, and, and then, you know, they looked at like our employee handbook and just like a ton of different policies. Do you, you know, do you have a breastfeeding policy? Do you give people a certain amount of paid time off? What's the percentage between your lowest paid employee and your highest paid, you know, what's the difference there? Um, so there's a lot of things that they look at and assess. And then um, if you hit a certain minimum score, and I don't remember that number off the top of my head, then you're able to become certified. And so it's it's a nonprofit organization that does it. Um, but there are a lot of businesses from very small businesses to very large, like Ben and Jerry's, um, that have um, gone through the process. And then you have, you're able to use the certified B Corp statement. But it's a way of publicly putting out there that your company lives up to values. So a lot of companies have values, but this is a way of saying like, we've been independently verified by a third party as we actually live these values. Yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I like it. You know, the other thing I like about it is for the, uh, the uh, certified B is um, it's almost like a checklist, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So 
Um, some of our listeners know, I think I've mentioned it once that I lost my, my wife passed away last year after 26 years of marriage, a happy, happy marriage. It's a, just a terrible story, which I'm not going to get into, but, um, but this book I read called option B, which was, um, written by the COO or Facebook who lost her husband the same way I lost my wife. Um, she talks about, it's a great book, by the way, even if you, you haven't lost anybody, um, it's a great book for a business owner to read. Um, it, it, it opens your world to the idea of, of, uh, grief and how, you know, so, you know, why would you read this if you're, if you haven't lost somebody? Well, you, you find out that, um, one out of 11 people in the United States will lose a spouse or a child. Um, wow. and a child before they're 18 years old. And until I lost my wife, I was, you know, completely oblivious, you know, and of course I would be to the idea of grief. Most people, you know, you lose an 80 year old mom or, you know, a 92 year old dad. It's, you know, it's, it's very it's, different. It's very different. Right. But when you lose a, uh, a child or a, a spouse, or somebody who's, or somebody who's very close to you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that is young. Mm -hmm. it, it has a huge effect on you, and you just can't imagine. And um, after she lost her husband, um, she made sure that Mark Zuckerberg had a grievement uh, mm -hmm. policy. And so I was like, "Wow!" I go, you know, if someone had come to me and said, like, it happened to me a long time ago. I was much younger at the time. I had a, a business and I've had, like I said, a number of businesses, but I was very inexperienced as a business person. And, um, uh, I was like three or four years into a, a, one of my businesses. And one of the employees I had, her father had died at a young age and she didn't show up for work and she continued to not show up for work. And, um, you know, that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I actually, I continued to pay her now, um, not out of the goodness of my heart at the time. It was just, I, uh, didn't know that I was, I wanted her back. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping, I was kept hoping she would come back. And I didn't realize at the time that there was a, you know, a way to go through a process. A way to, for this. Yeah. Way to do it. You know, there's, there's, you know, you go on unemployment or what, you know, or you go on to disability maybe or something like that. I don't know if it's disability, but, um, but, you know, now that I've kind of lived through what it's like to lose someone close, close, I now understand what she was going through. And uh, so that's why I think, you know, having a checklist, I'm sure the, 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 um, the, the B um, certified B company goes through having a grievement process. Uh, so what, what is your policy in regards to that? And Zuckerberg, to his credit, made a big deal about making sure that, that uh, his company had a great policy in that regards. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for us, we were, you know, just my personal motivation as a CEO that it it just spoke to me being a, a certified B Corp and wanting to do that. But I think one thing that I have found out since doing that is there's a little bit of a marketing benefit. But the thing that I didn't really realize is that it's really great when we're hiring. <laughs> um, so I think it attracts people to want to work for our company. Like we have open salary tables um, on in our employee handbook and our employee handbook is public. Anyone can read it. Um, so I think like that, that kind of thing 
you don't really realize, but that's a great way if you're trying to hire a good workforce. And we're not a huge company. So maybe our salaries, especially at the developer level, I can't compete with Facebook, <laughs> what they're paying developers, right? Um, so but that is something that has benefited us. And I think in the long run, like it's benefited all of our employees and then their families and their communities as well. Yeah. Well, um, sounds like a good idea. What does it cost to be certified? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, sure <laughs> and, a, so what I was saying is, scale, right? yes, it's a sliding scale based upon your revenue. So they have like revenue brackets and then you pay um, an annual fee and it's really like the trade. So you don't pay anything to go through the whole approval process. It's completely free, which even uh, though they're committing people to it, but that's because they're a nonprofit organization. And then you pay a licensing fee to license the trademark, wow, the certified cool B trademark and the logos. Yeah. Well, let me let me do this. I, I kind of forgot to do it because we're kind of getting involved involved in the discussion. But uh, you know, financing solutions. Just so everybody uh, knows, we again we provide a, a line of credit to small businesses. Um, you know, over those twenty five years, I can't tell you how many times I've dealt with um, banks and and what a nightmare it is. Um, you know, if you haven't dealt with a bank yet to try to get a line of credit, you'll find out quickly that they, there's more reasons for them not to work with you than there are to work with you. And so that because of that, my business partner and I started uh, 12 years ago, Financing Solutions, and we made it really easy for, you know, uh, small businesses to get a line of credit with us. Um, we, we're a private company. It's our own money. And, uh, you know, we don't require collateral. We don't require personal guarantee. We kind of look at your business and we just kind of say, yeah, this company can handle a line of credit or no, this company can't. And uh, that's amazing. So, yeah, it's <laughs> you really don't require a personal guarantee because we took out an SBA loan and it was like, you know, oh, sure. stacking it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I, I get it. I've been there. Um, and I, I totally blown away by what, you know, commercial banks are looking for, local banks, commercial banks are looking for. And and I had incredible, I have great assets and uh, a great credit score and you know, great businesses. So it's, it's amazing. But, you know, you know, I can't tell you how many times I was so lucky that I had the line of credit in place. So if you're interested, you want to learn more, you can get a free quote within two minutes, no documentation, you know, uh, no obligation. We don't run a credit check in the beginning. We do run a credit check later if you decide you're going to move forward. But um, you know, if you're interested, look at fscreditline.com. That's again, FS is a financing solutions creditline.com. Or give us a call at 862-207-4118. Um, so that's really kind of you know all the time we have today. I'd like to thank so very much Amber Hines from Equalize Digital for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you liked today's podcast, please give us a five-star review. It really helps us uh, get the word out about the, not the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Um, and if you're looking for a line of credit, again, just visit our website. Uh, Amber, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? So our website is equalizedigital.com and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Great. And uh, Heinz is spelled H-I-N-D-S for everybody to knows out there. Um, so I just want to say summary is two things. I think I, I learned and I think it's helpful. One is, you know, making uh, your, your website uh, accessible 
could only benefit you. I don't think it's probably going to be that challenging. I think I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my website designer. I'm going to say, let's install this plugin. Um, we're actually going to be moving to a new website uh, format anyway. And then we go with the new website. Let's make sure that um, everything is accessible through that app. And we're going to go to, we're going to use Amber's plugin because awesome. I like Amber. Yep. And again, that's accessibility checker. Um, and then um, also the second thing I think we learned is the value of being a, being a um, certified B company, you know, a B just the fact that you, the process you go through will help you retain employees. And also it's probably the right thing to do. So um, other than that, I want to wish everybody a great, happy uh, day. And, uh, I, and I want everybody to understand that you can't be of any benefit to your company if you don't take care of yourself. So make sure you get out there and smell the roses and uh, take really good care of you. So everybody have a fantastic day. <music>